Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to KCBS In-Depth. Really, in order to find quality care, you often have to be on a wait list that's months long. The people, places, and issues the Bay Area is talking about. The aggressive advocates who were looking to overrule Roe for so long, they really had no idea of the consequences they might be opening up. In this case, there very well may be charges that are appropriate. For example, trying to obstruct an official proceeding of Congress, right? That is unlawful. This is KCBS In-Depth. Many of our conversations about transit in the Bay Area have been about how the various agencies are struggling with funding shortfalls, lower ridership, and the possibility of service cuts as fiscal cliffs loom. Now, it's no secret that the COVID pandemic played a huge role in pushing transit agencies to the brink, but the after effects presented a question to us all. What will it take to ensure that transit in the Bay Area survives? That's a big question, of course, and a financial lifeline to the tune of around $747 million is planned to be split up among several agencies. But the real saving grace will be getting more people onto those buses and onto those trains. Welcome to KCBS In-Depth, broadcasting throughout the Bay Area and streaming on the Odyssey app. I'm Mary Hughes. So in these tough times that seem to keep on going, are we seeing any improvement? And is a recovery to pre-pandemic numbers still possible? For the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency, the answer just might be yes. So to give us an update on all things SFMTA, I'm joined by Jeff Tumlin, Director of Transportation with the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Mary. As I mentioned, we do hear a lot uh, about how more people are still working from home. And, you know, and if they're going anywhere, maybe they're not using transit the way they used to. They're just hopping in the car. Um but is that what you're seeing right now when it comes to ridership? Yes and no is the short version. Um, so we're seeing a divergence in pattern. Um, obviously, downtown San Francisco has changed a lot as a result from uh, result of work from home. 
uh, we've got uh, over 30 million square feet of empty office space downtown. Uh, so not only are those people not taking transit, uh, those commuters are just not coming in at all. So our downtown ridership is um, significantly down, just like BART's ridership is. But we're seeing a very different set of patterns elsewhere in the city. And in fact, we're seeing record-breaking transit ridership in our neighborhoods where we've invested in making transit fast, frequent, reliable, clean, and safe. Well, and that was some of the you know data I've been looking over leading up to this conversation. It, it does show that there has been somewhat of a lift uh, for transit agencies and that, that they are seeing more riders right now. You know, what do you, what do you think is the reason why they're starting to come back maybe in ways that we weren't seeing that quickly, you know, once the, the heart of the pandemic seemed to be over? Yeah. So there's two things in play. Um, one is, you know, San Francisco is a classic boom bust economy. And we went through a new kind of bust through COVID. And we're starting to see the signs of a new boom cycle um, where older companies are giving up space downtown and commercial rents are dropping dramatically. And as a result of that, new businesses are forming, businesses that want their folks to come together in person, in an office where there is abundant places to go for a drink after work and entertainment and access to creative partners. So we're seeing a you know, slow but steady resurgence in the downtown. But the thing that is more interesting that we're seeing is how people in San Francisco neighborhoods are taking transit like they've never taken it before. And so lines like the 49 Van Ness, where we invested famously in transit lanes on Van Ness, uh, year over year, um, our Van Ness line is up 130% uh, weekdays, and it's at 134% of pre-COVID ridership September to September. Um, this was beyond our wildest expectations. Uh, and it's coming from a whole lot of different factors. Um, a lot of it is uh, high school kids, like basically all middle schoolers and high schoolers are apparently taking Muni, not only to get to school, but to get to Japantown or to Stonestown or whatever place that cool young people are going these days. We're also seeing people increasingly just taking Muni to run errands or to go shopping or for recreation, in part because we've made our main lines more frequent and more reliable than they have been in recent memory. So we're seeing an uptick in people transferring because before, I mean, you know, if I needed to get to Golden Gate Park, for me, it requires a transfer. And so I wouldn't do that before because, you know, who knows when the next bus is coming. But now it's just so easy because of the improvements in reliability that I'm actually willing to change buses in order to get where I want to go. And that's made neighborhood to neighborhood travel in San Francisco a lot easier to do than it has been in the 30 years that I've lived in San Francisco. Well, and I, I like that you uh, you brought up reliability, you know, being a factor in all of this, because 
as anyone can say, especially if they are, you know, traveling within San Francisco, you know, reliability is huge when we're talking about transportation. That's right. It's everything. It's what makes transportation convenient. And, you know, if I'm not certain how long it's going to take to get from A to B, I'm going to take the mode that is certain, whether that's driving my own car or taking Uber or Waymo. So by improving reliability, we've made Muni work for people that it never worked for before. I mean, when I first moved to San Francisco a long time ago and lived in the Mission District, um, the 14 Mission was scheduled to come every five minutes. But instead of one bus every five minutes, we got five buses all together every half hour. That didn't work. And so during COVID, when we didn't know how many of our operators were going to be in quarantine, we, we were forced to abandon our bus schedules and instead turned on a technology that we'd had for a long time but had never used. That's called headway management. And that's a really low-tech tool uh, that our operators use in order to space themselves out evenly. So whether we had you know, five operators available on the line or 15, we could deliver service that spread the buses out evenly. And we've held on to that technology even as COVID has eased. And what that has done is dramatically improved reliability. Well, and I, I think this is something that a lot of people, transit agencies or not, have been grappling with um, since the COVID pandemic is how to rethink the structure of how they're doing things and how it can best serve uh, the public in whatever way that it does. And you know, I, hearing it all sounds very positive. What's going on right now, uh, as far as um, as far as SFMTA, how does that compare with the rest of the country from your perspective? You know, mm. because this is a this is a challenging area, San Francisco. When we are having conversations about the bounce back of the city, that's right. So we're fortunate at Muni that we're primarily a bus system. And so we have completely rebuilt our entire transit system over a dozen times since the beginning of the pandemic. And right now, every quarter, we're looking at the new travel pattern data and rearranging our transit service to better and better serve the changing patterns in San Francisco. Uh, and we can do that because we have this flexible bus system. So we have um, actually had to reduce a lot of the service that we had been providing to the downtown, and we've pushed that service into our neighborhoods where the service is better than it was pre-COVID, and that in turn, in turn has resulted in, in ridership increase. Um, if you're a fixed rail system like BART, you've got less flexibility. BART can't reroute its trains. Uh, and so... Um, we have had the good fortune of being able to make more adjustments than other rail agencies around the country. Um, we have the misfortune of arguably having the greatest volume of former transit commuters who are now working from home of potentially any city in the world. And that is a big challenge, not only for our financial models, but making sure that transit is still there as office employment comes back 
either in the in the form of you know existing workers coming back into the office or new businesses forming in cheaper office space. There is no downtown San Francisco recovery without a thriving art. There you go. You kind of hit on you know one of the bigger challenges that that the city is facing right now when it when it comes to this conversation. And of course, I mentioned earlier that you know uh, there is a financial um you know kind of life raft that's being floated out to agencies the metropolitan transit commission uh is going to be allocating a certain amount of funds in state and regional funds over the next 2 years um and muni is going to benefit from some of that um but there are added stipulations to what agencies are having to do in order for this you know money to kind of work for them um, can you discuss a little bit about this scenario and and what Muni will have to take on? Yes, we are so incredibly grateful to the state government, to both the state legislature as well as the governor, and in addition to the Metropolitan Transportation Commission for allocating additional relief funding uh, to keep transit afloat here in the Bay Area uh, while we work on a longer-term solution and while downtown recovers. Um, so Muni is getting about $300 million, which buys us a substantial uh, additional, uh, a substantial amount of additional time to uh, help with recovery and a longer term plan. And as you said, it does come with stipulations, which we firmly support it. So the stipulations include making sure that we are doing our part to make the entire transit system for the region look like it's one integrated system from a passenger perspective. So that means uh, making timed transfers work. It means eliminating transfer penalties as you change you know, buses and trains among different operators. It means coming up with one consistent mapping and wayfinding system. Um, and it includes investing in some of the really innovative programs that the region is leading, um, like Bay Pass, which allows institutions and employers to, to buy universal transit passes for their, um, for their folks um, that provide uh, one ticket for all operators in the entire nine-county Bay Area. Um, we are eager to make the transit system look and feel like it's one single integrated system because San Francisco is the most transit dependent city in the entire region. So regional integration really benefits us as a city and us as a transit agency. The other thing that uh, uh, MTC and the state have conditioned is making sure that we are getting better fare compliance. And this is super important to us because we're dependent upon transit rider fare revenue um, in order to deal with our own financial crisis. Um, so we are working on um, a whole lot of investments, including uh, more transit fare inspectors, but also creating more transit fare instruments to make it easier to pay. So at Muni, in addition to being able to use your Clipper card, um, if you're going to any event at Chase Arena, your event ticket is also your Muni Pass. If you're going to outside lands, um, your ticket to outside lands is also your Muni Pass. This week, we also unveiled a new version of Muni Mobile, 
which is an online app that allows you to pay your muni fare. So we have many, many ways that our passengers uh, can pay their fares, either by tagging their Clipper card or by using Muni Mobile or one of our many, many pass programs. So those are the things that we're investing in um, in order to make the system work better for our riders. KCBS's In-Depth will return after this break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I was curious, you know, noticing that, of course, that was a a kind of a, a catch associated with Muni and with BART um, to to take on, you know, fair evasion issues. And it sounds like you've got plans and things in place that can make this work for everyone. But how much of an issue has it been when it's when it comes to fair evasion? Yeah, it looks like uh, our uh, fair compliance has resulted in about a 10 percentage point drop in our fair revenue. But we're also trying to tease apart to what degree is our um, fair revenue losses due to, for example, providing free muni to all kids uh, to be able to use uh, muni in order to get to school. So we're conducting a very detailed analysis right now uh, that includes um, looking at all of the sources for, uh, um, you know, who exactly is paying their fare and who's not and why, so that we can develop programs uh, in order to make sure that everyone, um, everyone has, uh, that everyone can pay their fair share, but also to recognize that most people don't actually need to tag on with Clipper in order to pay their fare, which is something that many of our writers don't understand. It'll be interesting to see what the the details of this uh, this 
deep dive that uh, you're doing will result in and what kind of answers you'll be able to kind of uh, derive from it. Uh, so we, you know, talked about, you know, what Muni is doing to address uh, fare evasion issues, but let's talk about public safety. What is it that Muni is doing to address those issues? Because that's bar none, probably what I hear about the most is a lack of feeling safe when they're, when someone's on transit. Yes, this is uh, the number one concern that we hear from our riders, are concerns about safety and security. And so for us, it's really important to parse that information into all of its constituent parts so that we can direct our resources to solving the real and underlying problems. So from a um, just a reported crime standpoint, crime on Muni is at a near historic low. It is one quarter of what it was a decade ago. That said, we know that people's concerns are real. And part of it has to do with the uh, increase in untreated mental health and addiction issues on the streets that we know about in San Francisco and that the mayor's office and the DA and the police are working hard at addressing. But those, those street issues find their way onto Muni. Um, and oftentimes people are uncomfortable um, sharing a ride with somebody who's experiencing homelessness. Um, so we are addressing the situation in several ways. We've taken a very strong stance at training our entire workforce in de-escalation training and, um, and, and leading with compassion. And that has resulted in what we're seeing as some very positive results in terms of, for example, reducing um, operator assaults. Um, we have led um, by hiring a team of transit ambassadors um, that ride throughout the system who focus on helping people just be chill, um, de-escalating things, and knowing when to hand off to the San Francisco Police Department. We've also invested really heavily um, in video cameras. Um, we have at least 11 video cameras on every transit vehicle. We record audio. We have up to 100 uh, cameras in our stations. And as a result of this incredibly high quality video, um, we have an extraordinarily high rate of, of identifying, apprehending, prosecuting, and convicting criminals on Muni. Basically, if you commit a crime on Muni, you are going to jail, thanks to our strong partnership with the police um, and with the district attorney. And then we're also investing a lot of work in um, programs to support, you know, particularly women, um, Asian Americans, other people of color um, who have particular safety concerns on Muni. And we've uh, launched our Muni Safe campaign um, that is a holistic campaign that relies in part on education uh, and information, but also on training of our staff. We know we've got a lot of work to do, but we're seeing very positive signs as a result um, of our current efforts. You know, so much of what we're talking about here, you know, beyond, you know, the immediacy of how things are looking right now and, you know, what's being done to to lure people back uh, to transit, um, you know, are these questions of the survival of of the transit agencies, of the whole system? And I know that there are people who think that the whole transit system should be rethought. Um, you know, there's some like transit centric neighborhoods or streamlining uh, the agencies. And, you know, people want to factor in, you know, how can we make 
neighborhoods more reliant on transit when we're talking about climate change and things like that. So on these like bigger scale issues that I think kind of will keep cropping up in people's minds, what kind of answers do you have uh, in regards to stuff like that? Yep. Well, um, you know, we at Muni uh, are all transit riders. Uh, almost all of us take Muni in order to get here to work. Um, so we are very invested in making Muni work better. For us, the biggest obstacle is really the funding base. Um, the United States is unique among developed countries in that we require most transit funding to be raised locally. Almost all of Muni's funding uh, is, you know, it's our transit fares, it's our parking fees, and it is a fixed set aside that we get from the San Francisco General Fund. In every other country in the world, um, state and federal governments provide a substantial contribution to making transit work. Um, and if we want to get serious about making transit work and dealing with climate and congestion, we need to rethink how we're investing in transit at the state level. Uh, in New York, for example, the state government realized that New York City transit had been suffering structural deficits long before COVID and that the state needed to step in with not just a one-time bailout, but with a permanent contribution to make sure that New York City can continue to invest in transit, um, since that is the primary way that New Yorkers get, you know, wherever they're going. Um, so in the, you know, I think ultimately, if we want a transit system to work, the primary obstacle is financial. But in addition, I think that all of us operators need to be less parochial. Um, one of the interesting side effects of COVID is every single general manager um, of you know, all of the larger operators in the Bay Area, we've been meeting every single Monday morning at nine um, for almost four years now. And as a result of that, um, we have not only been able to respond better to COVID, but we've realized that we're all in this together and that in order to get the resources that we need in order to do better for our customers, we need to listen to our customers. And our customers are asking for um, really clear things. They want transit to be fast, frequent, reliable, clean, and safe. And they want all of the operations in the region to look like it's one integrated system. I don't think our, our riders care who actually runs the buses and the trains. They just want to make it all work together as if it were one. So from my perspective, the form of any government agency follows from finance. We don't need, in fact, I think it would be very harmful to try to create one transit agency for the region. It's perfectly fine to have multiple transit agencies, but we need a team at the region that is staffed to help us work together well. And that's exactly what we've been doing. Just last month, um, the Metropolitan Transportation Commission hired their first regional transit network manager. This is a person whose job it is to help us work together. As operators, we are now actually seconding, we're actually loaning staff to each other and to the region to do the critical staff work um, to, uh, to integrate our services. 
And, you know, to do the work, for example, one of the things that we discovered, we were wondering, why is it so hard to maintain timed transfers across operators? And we realized that we update our schedules based upon operator sign-up schedules built into our labor union contracts. Um, and this is a this is a good thing. Like we want our workforce to have a predictable life. And so we don't want to change our bus schedules because that impacts uh, how our our workforce, you know, negotiates, you know, school school drop up with their spouses. Um, and so there's very specific times that we change our schedules. And the contracts for each of the agencies were perfectly misaligned so that we couldn't maintain time transfers perpetually because we were adjusting our schedules uh, out of sync with each other. So now we've got actually somebody who can help us as we go through labor negotiations, make sure that we're aligning our schedule change time with each other and with our workers so that we can build and maintain time transfers. I mean, it's just, it's a very nerdy example of the critical staff work that's necessary in order to deliver an integrated system. And that's what we're committed to working on. Nerdy it may be, but I, I think it's the nuts and bolts, you know, that help us better understand um, what's going on when we are talking about transit. And what I'm gathering here uh, from, from what you've been saying just now is it's about a commitment to being to being invested into the transit system that of course financially that's a huge part of it but it, a commitment to seeing how it can evolve and so would you say that eventually we're going to see a new kind of way that the transit system exists in san francisco and the bay area absolutely and i think really what our commitment is is focusing on what our customers need really listening to the experience that our customers have, not just moving around within our individual agency, but moving around the region and working hard to um, make the connections that are necessary so that people can get wherever they need to go in the region. You know, and I think that's particularly true for us here in San Francisco because so many of our workers and our tourists uh, and uh, you know, our visitors come from elsewhere in the city. And I wanna make sure that it's really, really easy to transfer from BART to Muni or from Golden Gate or Samtrans or Caltrain to Muni uh, and, uh, and that our visitors feel really welcome into the system and into San Francisco. Thanks for listening for KCBS and In-Depth. I'm Mary Hughes. You've been listening to KCBS In-Depth. Get every episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Visit kcbsradio.com for more news and interviews. We are the Bay Area's news station, KCBS. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.